0: Hello, 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 6AM Run family, 6AM Runners, 6AM community. Uh, Hami Mahani here, as always. Uh, These podcasts, as you know, the 6AM Run podcast is brought to you by 6AM Run. Also love to start out these podcasts with gratuity, thanking both our major community who listens more and more every week. Uh, You guys know we're up to like three episodes a week. Also, our guests—we uh, have so many awesome guests who really give their time and really give a lot of valuable information. Which is, I know why um, a lot of you are starting to consume these podcasts. And again, I'm so thankful for all of that. With us today, I am excited. The bio on this person really excited me because it's a, a little bit of a twist on some things you see all the time. But we have with us Megan Nolan. Megan, how are you doing? And if you don't mind, please introduce yourself and some of the things we were just talking about in the pre-call of why I asked you to be on here. How are you doing, Megan?
1: I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor to be here. And Mm -hmm. yes, as you mentioned, I have taken a little twist on a lot of the things we hear a lot about, for example, our breath, our posture, our movement. Because I know, and we all know that that's all intertwined, but sometimes sure. we forget how important it is to be aware of how we're moving our body, oh God, and our posture, how we're holding ourselves. And I used to be a runner as well. I haven't run in a while after I had a little issue with my knee, but I loved it too. But one of the mm-hmm. things about running is that we're in a very similar posture for the duration of the run. And sure. so it's so important for us to move into opposite positions first and foremost, to be able to continue to do that for as long as possible, but then also because it increases your joint range of motion, your mobility, your strength, and your stability in all different directions, not just one. And when you are agile in multiple directions and you're flexible and you're strong in many different directions, it allows you to be stronger overall. And so the work that I do integrates the tools of yoga, as well as exercise and movement and postural awareness, and also really focusing on the mind-body connection because the more we are aware of where we're at mentally, where we're at physically and how we can integrate that, it really does help you to thrive in everything you do, Uh, in your runs, in your work, in your relationships, in your family, all of it is benefited when you are thriving.
0: Absolutely. And how'd you get into this? Let's, can we start with maybe some of the history of Megan? How did this (laughs) become a thing for you? How did this all start? Yeah. Can we kind of start from the beginning here?
1: Okay. Well, it was a snowy, snowy night on one, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. It was one December 31st. (laughs) I'm actually a New Year's baby, so it's kind of a funny joke, but yes, no. So my background to take you a little further ahead in the timeline is I studied gerontology, which is the study of aging. And after I graduated, I'm originally from Canada and I live in Maui now because I don't like snow. So uh, I graduated and I said, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I'm really sensitive. I'm empathetic. And so I decided to take a more preventative approach to aging and become a personal trainer. (laughs) And so I decided that that would be my route because as I mentioned, I always love to run and dance and exercise has always been a powerful tool set for me, a medicine, if you will, to keep me strong and mentally sane and happy and all of it. Right. And so became a personal trainer. And then shortly after complemented that with yoga and I became a yoga instructor. And so I've always woven those worlds together. Love it. And I now live on Maui, as I may have mentioned. And so pre-pandemic was really focusing on helping to share these tools with the community through different workplace wellness sessions. So Mm -hmm. I've taught yoga inside all of the power plants here in Maui and the mayor's conference room and variety of financial institutions. Yeah. It's been fun. And so really allowing people to have an experience of these, because as you may have seen on social media, sometimes yoga can look very intimidating and, you know, am I meant to torque into a pretzel? Am I supposed to look like I'm auditioning for Cirque du Soleil? No, really, it's all about coming back to you, coming back home to yourself and to your breath. And so giving people a chance to experience these tools in a more fun and playful way that of course is very impactful has really been my journey. And so it's been really fun to be able to change the way that people are experiencing these so that they can get a different benefit from it.
0: I love that. As we keep going, I mean, one of the things I'm, I'm, you know, in really looking at your bio, you also tackle, it's not just training, right? We talk about posture. And I think that I have a buddy, uh, Edwin, my good friend, Edwin, who's down in Miami, and he had gone down there to be a personal trainer to start. And if you know Miami, and I'm sure you know this world very well, he has celebrities and athletes. And the gym he was working for. I don't want to name them, but they were very big on getting these celebrities and athletes to also look a certain way. But one thing my buddy Edwin, and this is why your profile struck out to me. One thing my buddy Edwin said is, is, look, I, I know you guys want to get to a look. I get that. But if I don't fix your pain in your back, your knee pain, your back pain, your shoulder pain, if I don't address other situations, if I address the pain and the posture and form, if I address those things first, I actually can get you to a look, but also maintaining that look, right? Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where that taught me a lot when I talked to him about this stuff. Then I saw your bio about posture, things like that. And then can we get a little bit into that? And it seems like you're on that direction as well.
1: A hundred percent. And I'm totally aligned with what Edwin was saying, because the more we can bring the body back into balance, which is the essence of yoga, is Mm -hmm. to restore balance in each and every joint, but also throughout your energy system is when you are back in that strong alignment, then your muscles work more effectively. So do your joints, you have less pain. And so you're able to exercise in a more functional and beneficial way and you're, you're not taxing your body. And, and he was so spot on in saying, you know, restoring that balance starting from there. And then of course, all of that other stuff happens as a a byproduct, if you will. Right. And so you know, I've been doing this work for almost 17 years and a lot of it has been spent working with clients, working in a variety of different positions and a lot of them sit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. both of us are sitting right now. Your listeners might be sitting when they watch this or maybe they're on for a run, but we all spend a fair amount of time sitting. And on average, it's about eight to 10 hours every day. And most people are on a device at that time. And so, Sitting turns to slouching real quick. (laughs) And so, you know, we're seeing this epidemic of issues that are coming from this sedentary nature of our work. And human beings aren't really designed to be sitting in one position for any sort of period of time. And that's why, yeah, right. That's why your body complains about it. And it's that the pain in the neck or maybe the back. And so, how I got started was I was training at the time, you know, working at a gym. So I didn't have a sedentary job. But I was learning how to box and I was doing a style of yoga that's very vigorous called Ashtanga. And there's a lot of upward dog, downward dog, so a lot of push up type movements. And my hands went numb. My arms started oh, yeah. to go numb all the way up from my fingertips to my elbows. And it was frightening, right? It's scary. Yeah. And so I made my way, thankfully, to a physical therapist who. Took one look at me and said, well, how many hours do you sit every day? And I kind of blew him away when I told him not really any, because all of the symptoms right. I had were because of the weak posture I was in that mirrored the posture of somebody who sits all day. So he gave me a tool set and it's called the Janda double cross theory. And it just looks at when we hold postures, we tend to get areas of tension. So particularly when someone sits hip flexors and lower back get really tight. But then on the opposite side, we get a weakness. So that's the abdominals tend to weaken and the glutes tend to weaken. And so I call this epidemic the sleeping booty and the seven sneaky Mm -hmm. symptoms of sitting too much. You know, technically it's called gluteal amnesia, but you know, it's not as cute as sleeping booty. So, (laughs) but it is a situation because as soon as we sit and everything kind of like slumps and slumps over. Then we have the tension, we have the pain, we have the brain fog, we have irritability. And this is where we see the connection between mind and body very obviously because the mind and body, we know very much connected. And so your posture directly influences your mood and vice versa. And we can all, you know, very quickly say, oh, I know what somebody who's really tired or sad looks like. Well, that posture is very similar to the posture that we spend a lot of time in if we're hunched over a keyboard. So no. it sends that message back to this brain, and the brain says, okay, well, we're not really sure what we're upset about right now, but we're breathing like we're super stressed out. So it sends that cascade of stress hormones through the body and it starts to downregulate, you know, our overall function of the brain because it's like, oh, we're just, we've got to get out of this situation. We have to survive this situation. It's not in your highest function because when you're in a more upright open posture and you're breathing well, you're taking those long even breaths your brain says, Oh, everything's good. Okay. Let's turn on the prefrontal cortex again and have some good ideas and be creative and be inspired. And so it really is directly impactful.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, you talk about your clients, you talk about the pandemic you talk about where we are and, and what now is some of the important things. Your clients specifically, are you able to do more zooms in person? Do you do a little bit of both? How does someone find you?
1: Well, yes, I do virtual yoga at work sessions for a variety of mm-hmm. different businesses of a variety of different sizes. And so, awesome. you know, we do little 20 minute yoga breaks here and there throughout the week, as well as I have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have a standing session with my accelerator. So it's an exhale accelerator and it's literally a pause in your awesome. work day. 20 minutes, people come in, move, breathe, stretch, get grounded and then go back about their day. So my clients call them, adult recess time, because it's just like recess, right? It's like when we can be in that light, joyful energy, you actually, yes, you can have fun and get work done. I know because there's like many of my clients are very driven and high Mm. achievers. And so it's a hard thing for them to wrap their head around taking a break. (laughs) But when we do, it's really beneficial. So there's virtual sessions like that. Yes. And I do have some self-paced programs online as well. And then of course, locally here on Maui, I do work one-on-one with people
0: in person. So, and again, I I love your bio. It's so detailed and what you do, what you do for people. You have three, one thing I want to get to as a a 6am runner myself, and obviously how we started our company here and and everyone knows we really don't talk much about 6am per se here on this podcast. It is more of, you know, um, education and things that can help people. I do, of course, I'd be amiss if I didn't go right to your Three tips to creating an empowering morning routine and what you need to do today. What are those three tips? And what is it? And if you could say, because I always like other people to say why morning. I know myself why. And I've said it a bunch of times, some of the things I think of, but why is it important to just get up and put your and I, I think I know what you're gonna say, maybe, because I know what a lot of people and why they believe this. Why is it important to get up, get moving? I'm sure you're gonna say that, but what are the three tips and how can people do that and why is that important? And I do want your take on that for sure. Cause that's definitely something um, I saw in your bio you're very big on.
1: Yes, absolutely. I am very big on it because I'm really passionate about what we do and our work and we have, you know, commitments, etc. It's really easy for us to believe the story of the brain that's saying, Go, 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 go. We got a lot to do. Let's go, 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 go. And when we take that intentional pause first thing in the morning and are really, really aware of how you're starting your day, how you're showing up into your day, it changes Mm -hmm. everything. Louise Hay said, the way you start your day is the way you live your day. And so when you can start your day with that place of decision, of empowerment, of connection, then it really does set the stage for a much more aligned day, things are flowing. You're not in that frantic, frazzled state. When you start your day, you're literally taking time to pour something into the cup, right? We all heard that metaphor. You can't pour from an empty cup. So this is a really powerful way to do that. And so the three tips that I like to share, they really begin with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey said, is that we want to connect to that big vision that you have for yourself. And so perhaps your community, you know, maybe it's Winning races, marathons, whatever it is, or something in your work or your relationships. And so what is that big vision version of you and connecting to that, connecting Mm -hmm. to that because within that are all of the tools, are all of the ingredients for you to achieve it. Because, you know, if you can believe it, you will see it, right? Whereas sometimes Mm -hmm. we think, oh, we got to wait till I see it to believe it. But really, if you connect to that in your mind, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's actually happening in 3D reality and what you're imagining with vivid detail. So you're connecting to that first is you're envisioning that. So that's the first E. And then tapping into that knowledge of, well, how does that version of you, how do they stand? How do they walk? How do they show up? How do they move? How do they think? Because you can begin to practice those qualities, those ways of being right here, right now. And that's the second tip is to embody that version. So Einstein said, everything is energy and that's all there is to it match the frequency of the reality you desire, and it cannot help but be yours. There is no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. So he's speaking to the importance of embodying that energy and that frequency now. So that's Mm -hmm. the second tip. How can you begin to embody and activate that right here, right now? And so that could be going for a run and being really aware of your movement or the way that you're standing or grounding yourself or breathing, whatever that is, right? Whatever that is for you. And then the third one is making decisions on how you are going to express yourself as that version. So what aligned actions can you take? What are three things, right? Because again, we get into that, like, Oh, my to-do list is a mile long, but what's the next step? How can you express yourself from that embodied place so that you are aligned with that envision? So the three tips are to connect with your vision. So that's the first mm-hmm. E is envision and then embody. So you begin to embody okay. that version of you right here, right now, be here now. Right. And then of course we have express. So those are the three tips and you can you know, do that as a couple minutes. You can stretch that out for like hours if you want, if if you have that time and space, because really, you know, the question I get a lot of the time is, well, what's the best morning routine? And I kind of cheekily reply, well, it's the one you're actually (laughs) going to do because that's really the best one. So those are the three tips and why I think it's important.
0: And again, it, it really like you kind of, it's, it's about for me again, and then it's setting the tone for the day. And if you kind of are like slouching and just kind of like blah, and you know, you have those days, you can tell you just don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And by sure. the way, sometimes there's, I think, you know, there's days that you kind of maybe need those. Like, let me like today, let me Sundays, you know, let me just relax. Let me not. I don't have anything planned today. I don't want to leave the house. I want to just take a me day. I do personally think actually those days are important. I don't think you Mm -hmm. should, you know, try to push yourself to the point where you're on, you know, you're running on E. I don't think that's healthy either, but definitely, I definitely agree with you on that. The next thing I want to get to, I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about the morning routine. I do want to get into in a second about some of the entrepreneurship we have. I know we have a lot of our runners, our coaches, and they have a little bit of a side hustle, but. Going back to the three tips, I want to jump forward a little bit. Is there any advice outside of that? You talk about for the tips for having a long, happy life. Obviously, I personally believe people who are happy do live longer. I joke with a bunch of my friends that like, I'll use this as an example. This is an adult's only example, but Hugh Hefner, of course, the dude lived to like almost 90. Look how happy he was. He <laughs> a a women. He had the life out there in Southern California, right? Of course, that dude lived to 90 what can people do to become happier? Because I do believe that happiness prolongs life. Some of the, you, you know, you look at a Betty White and forget, you know, the, uh, another example, like I know, obviously you kind of can use stars as an example because they're more famous and people know about them. But like, mm-hmm. even like a Betty White, you could just tell she was a genuinely happy person. She lived, I think till close to like 90 something. I, I don't know. Again, don't quote me on age. I'm horrible at that. But I think you are kind of, you mimic that a little bit in your bio here. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. Thank you. Yeah. And I believe that Betty was like just a few days shy of her 100th birthday. Right. Unfortunately, when she passed. Yeah. But that you're so right is that there's, there's a recipe for longevity and it does. A lot of that has to do with our inner state because when we're in a stress state, stress is associated with every major chronic disease. And so when we can do anything possible, To regulate our nervous system to come back to that place of calm, lowering the fight or flight response, like we were speaking to earlier, and that you know that's simply as powerful as three deep breaths into your belly, because there's a a dramatic shift that happens in your nervous system when you breathe with intention. So that's a really simple one, and the joy piece is so important too, because you know, I mean, it's been challenging over the last few years, and for a lot of people I know, and and so it's really important that we find things to cultivate that space of right. joy. And one of them that is has loads of science and research behind it is actually a gratitude practice. And that can be done while you're on your run, you know, or it can be done something separately as part of your morning routine. For me, it's been a journaling practice and you begin with what is truly existing in your life already. Like I'm, this morning I was looking out the window and it was just this really beautiful light. And it was, you know, I like mornings obviously. And so it was earlier. And so I love that stillness of the morning. And so thank you for this beautiful stillness of the morning and the light is so pretty. and, And then going into that envision of like, thank you for this amazing opportunity to connect with people on their podcasts and be able to connect with people all around the world. So you start to go bigger, you know, you start with what you have and then you start with your envisioning and what you're bringing into your life. So gratitude is a very powerful tool set. And then as we spoke to a little bit earlier of the impact of our posture on our body, it's really important that we were aware of that because the way you hold yourself is so impactful in how your emotional state, your your physiological state, as well as your body language, because people are reading you based on how you're holding yourself. So is your own brain, right? And so when you're doing things to move you back into that open, Upright, you know, what people would often call good posture. I call it strong posture rather than good because there's strong posture and weak posture. And so when you're back up in that strong posture, like you're going to walk into the room and just own it, right? And you're feeling amazing, you're feeling confident, then that has an effect. And so that also trickles down into living a long and healthy life is very directly impacted by the overall ability of your body to move well. And as we age, you know, we think of that sort of classic posture of aging and we can all, I'm sure you're picturing somebody right now and, you know, it might be a relative, might be just someone you've seen on the street. And there's that rounding that tends to happen. And then we start to use walking mobility devices like walkers or canes or what have you. And you can see that that comes from that rounding of the upper spine and the head moving forward, which is now being perpetrated constantly when we're sitting and working on the computer. So we're seeing a wave of that. And so when we do things to open back up and lift yourself back up, it changes your posture. It directly impacts your hip flexors because when we sit, our hip flexors get tight and, you know, often very common with runners to have tight hip flexors. So hip flexor mobility is directly affects your overall quality of life as you age, because if you're in that tight position and you're in that rounded position forward, you can't get stuff off the shelf. It's hard for you to get up out of chairs. It's hard for you to move well. So it all is so interconnected. And so a really simple thing that people can integrate to help with that, I call adult tummy time. So perhaps yourself or some of your listeners have children. So when babies are in their development early stages, remember you'd put them on their tummy and mm-hmm. they do tummy time. Yes. Do remember that? Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I have a six year old and I feel like I, you know, time flies. I feel like that was yesterday, but go ahead. Yeah.
1: Right. And so it's the same thing. It's that, you know, we as adults, we spend a lot of time and it's what can be, you know, very closely appears the embryonic position when we're sitting and working on the computer. So the tummy time is literally just lay on your tummy and lift your body. So engage your abs and lift your shoulders and lift your legs away from the mat or the floor. Just make sure your chin stays tucked in so it doesn't get crunchy in your neck. But what you're doing there is moving your spine back into the natural S curvature out of the round, the C curve, strengthening the backside of your body, which, you know, directly wakes up sleeping booty and all the other accessory muscles in the back of your body that tend to, can get a little bit weaker. And so it really moves you back into that open posture. It stretches your hip flexors, many good things all at once. I'm all about, sure. you know, multitasking and multiple benefits. So that's something that people could integrate that would be really helpful.
0: That's Awesome. No, I love everything you're saying, you know, and we're kind of coming into the fourth quarter of this conversation, you know, this is about wellness, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that there's things that, you know, I think someone like yourself is so integral because correct me if I'm wrong. And if I'm asking a wrong question, Please tell me if you want to veer off of this. But what I like about what you're saying, too, is is even if it's like a virtual, let's say, candidate, I think trainers, and and going back to that definition, they're needed. Look, anyone can learn a workout on YouTube, let's be honest. But Mm -hmm. trainers can individually assess, and like a bartender who listens, right? Trainers Mm -hmm. can be there to truly help motivate and really get people across finish lines and goal lines. You know what I mean? That 100%. people have for themselves. With some of the stuff you do, and this is where I'm getting out with this question and tell me if I'm completely off base, are there clients that you've ever had? And this is the first time I'm asking a trainer of sorts this question. Are there clients you've ever had that you put on a certain path and then they don't need you anymore, but you are so happy about that? Like, is that wrong for me to ask that? Like, if I'm training someone in a sport, I love other sports. I'm a soccer player. My daughter plays basketball and you get them to a certain position where they no longer need you. For me, that's awesome. That's kind of like graduation, right? Have you ever had clients that you've gotten them to a certain level and then you do back off and, but you're proud of their progress. Is that wrong to ask?
1: Not wrong at all. And that's, that's the ultimate goal, right? Is empowerment of giving them the tools they need and helped them to get to where they want to go. And then they go on their own, you know, it's kind of like when your little one was riding the bike and you'd be with them while they had the training wheels and you kind of be there watching and then you could take the wheels off and then they can ride their bike, you know? And so it's the same sort of analogy. And yes, this definitely happened. And it's, it's really, I do, I feel like a pride little mama, you know, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Look at you go, you know? And then of course it's, there's a relationship too, because I've always joked with my clients that like having a personal trainer is kind of also like having a personal therapist because they, clients want to, you know, they want to talk during their sessions and they have things they want to get off their chest. And so there's very much a relationship, which is just like, I adore. And I love that part too. But yes, there's been clients that have got to a point when they are so consistent with their routine. They have that, their own personal accountability, because a lot of the times with trainers and coaches, it's having the external accountability first, because some people are more internally, intrinsically motivated. Others are more externally motivated, right? So it's very individual. So once they get to the point of that consistency within themselves, then they're kind of flying free, if you will. And so, yes, it's, it's very Beautiful to see, for sure. Of course, I love to continue to work with them. So, you know, know (laughs) I always say, well, okay, what about this now? And I see this for you. (laughs) That's where coaches come in and say, okay, come back over here. Now let's try this.
0: (laughs) Well, no. And by the way, and there's, listen, a car that's a well put together machine, any machine, not even car. There's always Mm -hmm. me, right? My HVAC guy, He tells me, look, if you don't want to have to, you know, buy a $10,000 whole system, the best thing you can do is pay us, you know, $50 a year to come just do maintenance, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's needed. I think checking in, you know, where you are, where you're, you know what I mean? Like there's always maintenance and things like that. You need to do doctor, same thing, going to a doctor. It's really no different. Again, I appreciate your time. This was amazing. I think we, and I apologize. I know I, I messed up. I, uh, we didn't get Megan the link here in time. So we had to cut it down to, to half of our time. But as we kind of, again, come to the end of this call, Megan, do me a favor. Let's really quickly focus on maybe something I didn't ask you want to share with our running audience. And then also to the last part of this, as you wrap that up, anything you want to kind of discuss or say that I may be missed to ask. And then definitely we'll put this in the bio. I have your website here. I'll say that right now too. I I have the um, mini morning routine.com website. We'll put all that in the bio, but please talk. People can reach you social media handle any way People can reach you, but also anything I didn't ask that you want to kind of share with our runners.
1: For sure. Yes. I would say that Cross-training is really important and is flexibility. And of course, you want to practice in your own sport and on your sport. And so it's like in life, right? When we we play in other realms, we get other talents, we get other skills that are transferable. And so when you are willing to be curious and try other things that will help your body to stay in that strong alignment, in that strong posture, keep your energy level up, because really it's all about your energy, right? So. Right. That's It's definitely something to play with if you haven't already and really remembering that when you are thriving, then everything else in your life flows easily. And so taking that intentional time in the morning time has a, a really powerful return on investment for you because that morning exercise, which I love is your 6 a.m., is really yeah. directly shown to increase productivity and performance all day long. Absolutely. Some estimates say by upwards of 72% increase in productivity when we exercise in the morning. So that's really, yeah. really significant. But just remembering to begin your day that way and then press pause, press pause throughout the day because we can get into that brrr, hectic, hectic, go, go, go sort right. of mode. Whereas when we take those times to do the pit stop and do the refuel and all of that, we get to the point where, you know, you're feeling good and you have that continuity and you're not having to blow out and you're exhausted, right? So taking those little intentional breaks throughout the day is a really beautiful way to do that.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: For sure. And so, yes, you mentioned the mini morning routine. So it dives deeper into the three tips that we shared today and gives you some suggestions on how to create your own customized morning routine so that you are truly tapping into that aligned version, that version of you that is aligned with your desires and your goals and really living from that powerful place. So Mm -hmm. you can head over to mini morning routine.com to grab that and wrapping up by saying that it's been a really fun Time to share these tips and tools with everybody. And just knowing that, you know, if you have any questions about anything we shared, I'd be happy to connect. I'd love to connect. And so feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. No, and and we definitely will, Megan. And again, thank you so much. We'll put everything out there for everyone. I'm really excited to also, you know, like I said, hopefully some of our runners will want to come to you and uh, start following you or, you know, seeing your journey. One thing I I know, and I know um, we had you on here. Do you have your own podcast or do you have your own social media handle or anything also too, where people can follow you and get, you know, tidbits from you directly?
1: Yes. Come and connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is I am Megan Nolan, and I'd love to connect over there. And I do share lots of tips and tools that people can really integrate into their day. So they literally can just press pause, reboot, refresh, and rejuvenate themselves.
0: I do love that. Awesome. Megan, No, thank you so much for your time and everyone who's listening, you know, uh, we thank you, of course, as always. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully get this uh, this up in, in the next couple of weeks, Megan. And we thank you so much. And this was a, an awesome time, Megan. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Great week. And go at it and get it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Megan. Thanks
1: so much.